When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You're listening to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Some material may be disturbing and we do use adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To get access to new episodes, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Get in on the conversation on Instagram and join our Facebook discussion group at Killer Queens Podcast, where we discuss cases covered on the show and all things 90s. But don't take our word for it. <laughs> now on to today's case. Shanann Watts and her two daughters, three-year-old Celeste and four-year-old Bella, vanished on Monday. Their startling disappearance triggering a statewide alert as police and the FBI focus on her home outside Denver where she was last seen. When I got home yesterday, it was like a ghost town. Like, she wasn't here. Kids weren't here. I have no idea, like, where they went. Chris Watts, Shanann's husband, says his wife, who's also 15 weeks pregnant, came home from a business trip at 2 a.m. Monday. The couple having an emotional conversation, he says, before he left home around 5 a.m. Watts says Shanann never returned text messages later that morning and never answered the door when her friend arrived at the home at noon. Watts says he knew something was wrong. I was trying to get home as fast as I can. I was blowing through stoplights. I was blowing through everything, just trying to get home as fast as I can because none of this made sense. Police who have searched the family home and area with dogs say for now there are no significant leads. The 34-year-old doting mother's car still in the garage. August 13th, 2018. That's the most recent case we've covered. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome, guys. I did not think that's how you were going to start this one. Yep, I went right into it, didn't I? Yeah. All right. I mean, bold move, Cotton. See if it pays off. Yeah. All right. So, August 13th, Officer Scott Coonrod is dispatched to 2825 Saratoga Trail in Fed... Oh. You were on such a roll. <laughs> in Frederick, Colorado. <laughs> uh, to do a well-being check on... Okay, guys, listen. Shanann or Shannon, here's what we have learned. It was originally pronounced Shannon, and she was married before she married Chris. And after that divorce, she kind of started just pronouncing it Shanann. And, like, everybody now pronounces it Shanann, even Chris and her friend Nicole. But her parents still say Shannon, so it's confusing. But if she wanted it to be Shanann, I think that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's honor that. Yeah. So, let's honor the commitment. Um, so, it's we're going to go with Shanann. So, cute. That's cute why. Times. Okay. So, um... So, Officer Coonrod is dispatched to the house to do a well-being check on Shanann Watts and her two daughters, Bella and Celeste, who uh, went by Cece. So, Shanann's friend, Nicole Atkinson, had called the police after she was unable to get in touch with Shanann 
basically all day. So this is almost two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and then she had also learned that Shanann had missed her doctor appointment that day with the OBGYN. So Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant at the time. Um, she was diabetic. It was really unusual for her to be out of contact. And then on top of that, um, for her to miss a doctor's appointment was like, something's up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Nicole started to get worried. She ended up calling the police and saying, you know, can you just come check on her? Um, Because what she was worried about was that maybe something had, like, a medical emergency. She'd passed out or... um, Her first thought wasn't that she was any foul play or something. Right, right. She was just kind of worried that, like, she wasn't feeling well or something like that. Um, So... That's not how we operate. If something's amiss, we're like... Who got murdered? Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing. Or, like, if Andrew's a little bit late getting home, I'm like, he has died. Yeah. It's a hazard of the trade, I guess, but... Yeah. Somebody shot him. Yeah. Some kind of a sex or drug trafficking (laughs) gone awry. I don't know. Yep. Always. Yes. Um, so... Nicole told Officer Coonrod when he arrived that she had dropped Shanann off at home in the middle of the night um, before. So this is a Monday. So Sunday night is when she got back from Phoenix. She had gone on a business trip and her flight had gotten delayed. So she ended up not getting home till almost two in the morning. Um, When Shanann was not responsive to texts, Nicole started to get worried. She thought maybe her doctor appointment went over like maybe she just went there by herself and for whatever reason they ended up doing some testing or something I don't know so she ended up calling the doctor's office and they said that she didn't show up to the appointment so um after she'd been trying to get in touch with her she found out she didn't go to the doctor's office Nicole just drove over there so she was there when the officer arrived um she said that she had spoken with Chris multiple times Chris Watts which is Shanann's husband and each time he had given her a different ETA and she even said something like, I'm not even sure if he's coming or I don't know if he's going to make it or something like that. Um, and you can actually watch all of this on the police body cam footage. I watched a lot. Um, and it is telling. Man. <laughs> um, so Officer Coonrod then called Chris and asked for the garage door code. So what had happened was Nicole and Shanann were incredibly close. They talked all day, every day, I think. And yeah. And Shanann knew, or Nicole knew their, their keypad entry to their front door. So when she tried to get into the house to check on Shanann, um, she tried to open that front door and there was like the little hotel latch thing at the top of the door kind of like a chain but not like the thing that like bars it in or whatever yeah yeah Yeah, so she could only open it a few inches so she couldn't get in so they tried the back door too, the back sliding door but it had a bar at the bottom so you couldn't get in that way which is like such old not even technology but you know what I mean like that method of keeping a sliding door closed has been around it's a tale as old as time but it works effective yep Mm -hmm. um and then the so the only other way in and out would have been the garage door and chris had the garage door opener with him um so but they did have one of those like keypad things on the garage door and so officer coonrod asked um i did a handy mime yeah yeah. it's helpful for the podcasting yep um so officer coonrod was like 
excuse me, sir, what is your code? I need to get into your house. Your pregnant wife could be in danger and we can't find your kids. And he's like, well, that doesn't work. Um, I'll be there like really soon. So just don't even worry about it. And he's like, okay. So he like, got That's there. telling all by itself, isn't it? That he's just like, there's no sense of urgency there, at all. No, there never was any sense of urgency. Like... If any of you watch the, I'll post a link to it on the Facebook. Um, the, the Facebook? Yeah, like if you go to www.thefacebook.com, <laughs> yeah. you'll find this link and it will, that way you can see if you haven't already watched this, but like to just see his reaction and how slow he moves and how he's just like, Meh, I don't know, whatever. It, it's, it's really just fucking insane. Um, how, I don't. I don't know. He had to have known immediately he was going to get caught. Like, I just don't get it. But I don't think that he did. I don't know. We can keep talking. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Um, So once Chris finally arrived, he opens the garage door. And instead of, like, rushing in the house to be like, hey, where's the kids? Or, like, let me see what's going on inside. He stops at Shanann's vehicle. He's looking through the windows. Then he opens the car. He starts to, like, look through it for a minute. And then he finally goes into the house so like he's like i'm gonna take the car and get it uh, washed and detailed real quick and yeah then it's continue in the house it's insane like i feel like if i didn't know where my kid was i mean if you if you don't care about finding your wife or whatever fine but like you don't know where your children are supposedly you're gonna rush into the house right like it's just it's insane um so then he's in the house alone for a minute and 15 seconds before he opens the front door for the police and nicole and at this point a minute and 15 seconds it doesn't sound like a lot but when somebody's waiting for the somebody to come up to the door to open it like that's a fucking long time yeah they're standing there waiting and nicole is standing there with shanann's mom on speakerphone and she's like can we go in the house or what and the officer is like it's his house i mean if he doesn't want us to come in we don't we can't come in and her mom you can hear her she goes I give you permission to go inside my daughter's house and look for her and then finally Chris comes up and opens the front door and he doesn't say anything he just opens the front door and turns around and walks further into the house and like it's understood that they can come in but it's it's weird now obviously he's not inside looking under beds and shit for them yeah so what he should have done or what he probably was thinking was like, oh, fuck, because all of Shanann's stuff was still there, like her purse and all that stuff. And obviously she wasn't going to leave that. Yeah. What um, he should... Go ahead. Sorry. I was about to... Spoiler alert, but I think we already know. If you're... Sometimes yeah. this one's a pretty high profile case, so I'm pretty sure you would know about it. But yeah, there's a lot of things he should not have done or yeah. should have instead. Exactly. Um, so upon entering the home, Chris walks toward the back of the house where the kitchen is. He's texting on his phone. He's moving slowly. He's distracted. He tells Officer Coonrod that he's already been upstairs and that Shanann and the kids are nowhere to be found. He's probably like updating his profile. Like, so weird. Cops showed up at my house today. Hashtag invincible. <laughs> um, changed relationship status to single. <laughs> Like, what a fucking Whatever. asshole. Yeah. Um, so, he tells Officer Coonrod... Oh, I already said that. Um, oh, so Officer Coonrod says, I just want to be sure she's not passed out somewhere. And he asks Chris for consent to search the house, and Chris agrees. So, as they start to move through the house, Chris tells Officer Coonrod that he found Shanann's phone. It was in the couch in their, like, upstairs loft area. And he hands the officer the phone, and then he goes, well, shit. Like, like, 
oh, I should say something like, I'm disappointed to find this. It's such a bad acting job on his part. Like, um, when Nicole finds out that the phone has been located inside the home, which is obviously highly unlike Shanann, she, like, so Chris kind of puts it down, like, on the banister at the top of the stairs. You know what I'm, not like a banister, but it's like a shelf almost up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she he sets it down or whatever she comes out of the bedroom and she sees the phone and she's like oh my god is that her phone and she touches it and her hand like comes off and she starts like flailing her hand like she's like trying not to cry she's she's very stressed out well and i think it's even more obvious how inappropriate he's acting compared to yeah nicole yeah because she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is serious like yeah, something this is, is real. really wrong. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like, "Oh, found her phone." Well, shit. Like, yeah, like the juxtaposition. Yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, so they learn that the phone has been manually powered off. The battery is not dead, and um, when he turns it back on, he's like, "Oh, I don't know her password." And he's like, "It used to be four digits, but now it's six. And Nicole is like, "Try the baby's due date," and he tries that, and it opens the phone. I'm like. Wow. Nicole Nicole should have been married to her. Yeah. Um, So during this time, Officer Coonrod asks Chris to give him a rundown of the last few days. Chris is telling him about the Arizona trip, the details of that morning. Um, What's interesting in the video that I watched of the guy using the police body cam footage to he's like analyzing Chris's body language Mm. while Chris is telling him like, she got home at like two in the morning I was already in bed she came to bed you know I got up at like 4 30 or whatever got ready for work she was still in the bed I saw the kids on the monitor everything was fine like whatever he's like I left and I went to work or whatever um so this guy who's like doing the analyzing says that while Chris is telling him this you can see because the body cam is like you know obviously on the officer you can't see exactly where his hand goes but you see his hand move from his side up towards his face somewhere and the guy's like if his hand is over his mouth then he thinks that Chris is lying because when we hear news that either we don't like or we think somebody is lying or whatever we will actually cover our mouths and it was so funny because when I was watching it I was like oh fuck I'm covering my mouth like because I knew obviously that that was a lie but it was really interesting and I was like damn I went to a class or it was like a little seminar one time about it was like body language and um like things that are telling of somebody's personality based on like just little mannerisms that you do or whatever it was really interesting but they said like when you know sometimes if you're not feeling comfortable in a social situation if you like grab your thumb and put it in your fist it's a comforting thing because it's like your thumb it symbolizes your head and you're like just covering yourself like comforting yourself Hmm. in that way but they said if you say something and then you cover your mouth it means you wish you could take it back like you wish you hadn't said it but if you do that for somebody else it's what that means like you can tell that they're like oh fuck that was not the thing to say or like that's a lie yeah it's really interesting because it's so accurate mm-hmm. and it was so funny because I was like and it's stuff you don't even realize exactly you're doing. you have no idea you're doing it and I was already doing it and then he said it and I was like it's so read inter- me like a damn book well and that's the thing I feel like for people who specialize in this or are experts in this they 
somebody is so telling and they can say literally almost nothing and you can totally like you said read them like a book it's insane oh yeah shit's wild yeah shit's wild oh yeah oh yeah so officer coonrod asks chris where the girls are enrolled in school since they were actually supposed to be in school that day it would have been logical to maybe call the school and see if the girls were there and he says i mean literally he doesn't even look up from his phone and he's like primrose and he's just texting he doesn't offer to call the school to check and see if they're there i mean this motherfucker mm-hmm. from the get-go officer coonrod was like you did it mm-hmm. like you don't have to be like a 10 year old would have figured that shit out totally i mean it's just i don't know what he thought he was doing because of his lack of fucks that he gave uh yeah so then we learned that the neighbor with the doorbell cam that is pointed at the watts home checked his footage and the only person leaving the house at all that morning was chris when he left for work so nicole's son nicholas went over and was talking to the neighbor and then he comes back over and he's like hey he's got how old is nicholas he's pretty young i mean i think he's like he would house it for the watts so he knew their house pretty well maybe he'd met this neighbor before but maybe late teens early 20s I trust Nicholas with my life. I know. I trust him implicitly. He's a good kid. I would give Um, him my social security number. Exactly. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he goes over and talks to him and... Investigative journalism. (gasps) Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Um, And he he comes back and tells Officer Coonrod, like, hey, this guy has a camera and nothing has left the house since this morning. Well, when... Way to go, nosy. I mean, I don't know if the neighbor pointed it in that direction on purpose, but it's when potential nosiness pays off exactly and a lot of people have kind of criticized this guy for being nosy and i'm like well if it if it's to somebody's advantage i'll allow it but like also it's not like he pointed it at their house on purpose it just their houses are so close together that it catches that so when he goes back and looks at his footage he just he knows he knows what his neighbors do i know what my neighbors do i know like when they typically leave for work in the morning and that's the kind of stuff he's talking about i mean dad's neighbor they just look out for each other you know it could be something like that too where maybe he's just like well i've got this camera i'll just put it on their house too in case some suspicious activity happens and then looky here it pays off exactly just not the way chris wanted it to well chris can go fuck himself yeah so when when nicholas tells this to officer coonrod nicole shoots him a look like she's horrified because she she just i think it confirmed for her oh my god nobody has left the house since he left the house and they're not here so they left with him and um when they tell chris this chris is like what's what's going on what's going on and she's like yeah the neighbor's doorbell cam thing um says that nobody left the house since you left for work and he goes okay and like just walks away like trying to act like it's not a big deal you know he's like shit his pants yeah i was gonna say it's like sweating bullets so then nicole goes downstairs she calls up do you think they could be at the pool because i guess they have a neighborhood pool and chris finally looks up from his phone and he kind of scoffs and he's like the pool and officer coonrod says isn't there like a rec center down the street or something and chris is like yeah there's a pool down the street i mean i could go check and um so it's not information he offered up and then well, he's he hasn't like, offered up anything no and then he's like i mean i could go check i guess like 
kind of craving my style here. Yeah, it's like reminds me of when I asked Ben, my son, <laughs> like, go put your shoes in the shoe spot or whatever, and he's like, oh, fine, mom. I'm like, okay. It's really inconveniencing him. Yeah. So Officer Coonrod then is like, are there any marital issues? You guys having any problems? And he's like, um, well, we were going through a separation. And we're planning to sell the house and separate, but nothing's been filed yet. That's such a red flag. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the day that you're going to start, you've separated and well, yeah, your I entire mean, family is missing. Yeah. You have either a husband or a wife, the entire family is missing, and then you find out that there are marital problems. What? The, I mean, that's like, again, a tale as old as time. Exactly. And like... I just what I can't get over with him is the no emotion what is it, at all. What is it? I just I just said that it's the no emotion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I already said that. Oh. Um but like when they're talking and they're in the closet and there's there's times when Officer Coonrod is asking him questions and his smile is like out of fucking control. He's just like smiling long and weird. It's so weird. He just has no emotion. It's like, all right, it's gross. If yeah, it's gross. If you if you if you don't care to see your wife again or whatever, and you're like, fuck it, if she wants to leave, she can leave. I get it, but you don't. I mean, we know the outcome. We know it makes sense now, but at the time, it's like if you're claiming to not know where your children are, you have no urgency whatsoever. What if what if she what if you were going through a separation and she took them? Mm. Aren't you worried? Like, yeah, I mean, like you said, I get the kind of like non-urgency or in-urgency that's that's a word ex-urgency sorry um with shenan but your fucking children like that that should be top number one priority to you yeah and their safety exactly it's just very reminiscent of um susan smith Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah like and at least she could produce some tears exactly yeah like this guy has nothing and like it's just amazing to me that he thought like seasoned officers weren't gonna fucking pick up on this but everybody and then, does they all think that they're smarter than everybody else you know what yeah. I mean? and then like all of us yeah no we we're fucking like figured smartest. you out we're like the ultra smartest all of us pound sign crime time have we talked about this before is. though about the literal best compliment that we've ever received in our entire lives no can we please talk about it real quick i'm so sorry i'm like super pumped and super excited about this case however i just need to shout it from the rooftops that somebody called us smart shares from clueless and that's like literally the ultimate it's the dream it's the ultimate i know i did not think you were gonna do a gadget reference today (laughs) but here we are here we are anyway keep going i'm sorry i just had to talk about it this is like the p- part of the co- podcast where I brag about myself. Great. Um, okay, so then Officer Coonrod mentions the pool again, and he's like, "Does your wife go to the pool often?" And Chris is like, "Well, uh, it kind of depends." <laughs> I love your Chris voice. <laughs> and he le- he never looks up from his phone. Well, it never depends, or it depends. And then he's like, "On a hot day like this, I'd say no." And when the will be where you would go on a hot day exactly so like i could see that logic if you're not planning to get in the pool like when you first have a baby and like ben wanted to go to the pool but jesse was like too little you know he had just been born and so he was like couldn't get in the pool 
So if it was really, really hot, we'd split up. You know, like Andrew would take him or I would take him and that's it. Totally. Because it's too hot for Jesse. But their kids are three and four. And she's pregnant. Yeah. Not, obviously not had a baby. Yeah. They're splashing their asses around in that pool. Yeah. Like they're going to, it doesn't make any sense. And I would think that that would be a place where she, Shanann would want to be. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. And so like it ju- he just shoots everything down. Yeah. No, not there. No, not there. Oh, I've already called everybody. Like whatever. Um, Her phone is in the home in front of him. Like he's just, he's always on the phone on his phone or her phone on his phone but if her phone is there like who the fuck is he texting oh true i mean later we find out it's the mistress yeah it's established that it's her that he's i mean he's literally like on the phone with her almost all that day pretty much um and he was texting the realtor all day because he he was still moving forward trying to sell the house and um like it's like, yeah, I've got some uh, business to attend to at home, but it's nothing important. I'm right. Just... And he's like, well, um, yeah, so I got an alarm on my phone that the garage door was left open at 527 a.m. and it was never shut. And he brings that up three times. And Officer Coonrod is like, that was really suspicious to me because he felt the need to keep bringing that up. And that doesn't tell us anything. Like, even if the garage door was left open, she didn't come out of it. The kids didn't come out of it because the camera would have picked it up. Um so after and her that, car was there and her car was there the car seats he had were there the clicker thing because yeah. if the car well the other clicker was inside her car oh but it was unlocked no or he unlocked it maybe when he got there because he got into her car when he got there yeah he got into her car they had two garage door openers but one was inside her car too okay so either like, way it was still inside yeah, the car okay yeah um so then he goes into the bedroom again, uh, and pr- I think he's kind of annoyed that nobody else has found it at this point. He comes out with Shanann's wedding band, like, on the edge of his pointer finger. Like, he's holding it out on a stick, like it's a dirty pair of underwear or something that he found. And he just, like, looks at them, and he's like, whoa, look at this. Like, and he's like, yeah, it's her wedding ring. And, um... Nicole shoots the officer another look and she's like oh fuck no like because obviously he's trying to prove that okay she got pissed and she took a ring off and she left he's like look at this you know and he's like trying to hold back a smile when he pulls that out it's disgusting like proud of himself or yeah something. I d- it's just so forced this whole thing yeah. like and it's it's really embarrassing for him because it's so obvious but he doesn't see it <laughs> Right, yeah. He thinks that he's like really sly yeah. and yeah. If you go it. back and like watch this, it's it's so yeah. He had to like if he's seen any of it, he's got to be like yeah. What like the fuck was I thinking? Couldn't contain his giddiness about it. Yeah. Um. So now they go over to the neighbor, the neighbor's house. He goes by Nate to review the security camera footage. And during this time, while Nate is pulling the footage back up, the like Nat Geo channel is on in the background or whatever and an image comes up on the tv of a baby like in the womb i guess it's some kind of like maybe a pregnancy show or something and chris sees that and he he just turns and looks at the officer and he's like she's pregnant as well she's pregnant she's like 15 weeks pregnant and he's like oh and i'm like you wait like two hours to tell him this like it's so weird like what was even the significance of saying that at that point yeah yeah so I guess to make it look like he cares that she's pregnant and um so after they look at the footage and they see him loading shit in and out of his truck which we now know are the bodies of his family um he 
they're standing there watching it. He has both of his hands on his head. He looks he looks like he's about to have a panic attack. And um, after they look at the footage, Chris shakes his hand, and then he literally, like, hightails high t- high it the fuck out of there. He's, like, gone. And um, Officer Coonrod is like, you go on ahead. Uh, I'm going to get this guy's information. And so after Chris leaves. On the security footage, you can see him loading things into the truck. Yes. Oh, my. So what he does is he takes his truck and he backs it into the driveway. He backs the bed of the truck about halfway into the garage. And then he's loading stuff. He takes over 50 minutes to load his truck that morning. Oh, my God. So... That little piece of shit. Yeah, so he leaves, and the neighbor looks at him, and he's like, he's acting fucking weird. There's something off. And he's like, really? He's not acting right? And he's like, I'm telling you, he has never pulled his car, his truck, into the driveway like that. He's like, he always parks it on the street. And he's like, what does he normally bring with him to work? Because they were asking him while they're watching it, what do you have to load up? And he's like, oh, I had to load up all my tools and... Uh, gas can, like, I don't know, all this kind of stuff. My lunch, my bag, all this stuff. Meanwhile, he's, like, a librarian or something. Yeah, and the neighbor is, like, okay, all he ever brings with him is his lunch, a drink, maybe, and, like, a bag that probably has a computer in it. He makes one trip, he parks on the street, and he leaves. I love this nosy man. I know! So, it's, like, obviously today, the day that his family ends up missing is a day that his actions that morning are drastically different than every other day that he's ever done anything. Totally. Like, there's something not right. And he was also like, he's sitting here and he's like moving back and forth all over the place. And he's like, he doesn't do that. He's chill. He doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's like, he's acting really off. Bless you. Thank you. He's like, I just, I don't feel right about it. And he's like, you know, honestly, my wife and I thought that something had happened to Shanann um, when she was on vacation because he was like, they have been fighting a lot lately, like screaming matches. Her Arizona trip vacation? Or she went to North Carolina right before that too. So one or the other, one or the other. But yeah, he was like, we honestly thought something happened to her because they fight a lot. And he was like, like for him to say that, I mean, I know some people that they get into some arguments or like, you know, like, I don't know, discussions or whatever, but I would never be like, okay, if something happened to her, you know what I mean? Like that, my mind never really goes there. Right. Yeah. So, and this guy, it sounds like these people were pretty cordial neighbors and they kind of knew each other like they probably liked each other like he he probably was like yeah he's a cool dude or whatever but want to know his disposition and be like he's super calm he's usually yeah yeah Yeah, because everybody described chris as like really calm a great father they thought he was a great husband like literally up until all of this happened that's so scary to me yeah like i don't know i i guess in a perfect world you would display outwardly how you are inwardly you know like right always but that's not how the world works and I totally get it but it kind of pisses me off because it's you we cover so many cases where they're like I had no idea he was capable of this and that's terrifying yeah I don't even know who you are no I'm I'm scared right now you should be because you can't know who I am (sighs) so at this point, it's pretty apparent that Shanann and the girls left the house in the in in Chris's truck around five twenty seven a.m. when he. How many hours the into door the open. interrogation or to into the investigation? I guess this is probably like maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Damn. Yeah. Um, 
So at this point, Officer Coonrod calls in the detective to assist him. And during this time, he also gets a phone call from Shanann's mother. And she is like, you need to check Chris's GPS on his work truck because I'm fucking telling you he did something to him. Like, she's adamant. You've got to check that truck. She's like, his work truck has GPS. You need to find out where he went. Um, God, I feel so bad for them. Yes. So... Now let's uh, change gears a second and let's get a little background on the Watts family. Sure. Shanann Watts was 34 years old at the time of her disappearance. She and Chris Watts met through Facebook in 2010 through his cousin's wife. Um, She apparently was like, you guys should meet or whatever. And (laughs) like that. (laughs) Friends report that Shanann was not overly impressed with Chris on their first date because he was severely underdressed. Um, But after their third date, she started to warm up to him. Oh, wow. And I can understand this because my (laughs) first date... I forgot about this, yeah. With my husband, now husband, he was like, do you want to go on a date? And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's fine. And then he's like... He was always cute. Well, he was cute, but he was like... Do you, he planned like a picnic at the Parthenon, the park or whatever, or Centennial Park and like, yeah, yeah, the Parthenon. And I was like, oh my goodness, how romantic. And then he found out where I lived to come pick me up when we lived in Bellbuckle. And he's like, oh, oof. I'm not, why don't you just meet me there? Because I'd have to drive all the way from Franklin to Bellbuckle, then Bellbuckle to Nashville, then Nashville to Bellbuckle, and then back to Franklin. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm busy. Yeah, not my problem. Yep. And I think it should be noted that he had his head up his ass, A, but B, he was also very young. He was very young, which I didn't find out till after that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, fellas. It can happen. Do it right on the first date. Yeah. And ladies, if he's not picking you up, uh-uh. unless you're just like... Not sure if he's safe. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, be smart about it. But if you feel like you deserve to be picked up, you fucking deserve to be picked up. Even if it even if it costs them a forty five minute. Yeah, yes, I don't care. It's not my problem. And also, the best relationship advice you could ever have is from Destiny's Child. Mm -hmm. Ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and they pockets full grown. (laughs) Don't you love a white girl saying that? I can be white and like Destiny's Child. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. I felt the judgment from you. <laughs> yeah. You were Guys, looking at me and you were judging me. <laughs> we're a marg and a glass of wine deep. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. For Torella, that's hammered. I'm hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After you have a kid, it's uh, it's basically like starting over. Cheers. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Cheers. Cheer. Cheer. <laughs> We've never done like the whole drunk challenge. That could be a fun time. I think we're doing it right now. <laughs> what drunk challenge? Uh, have you ever been on a thing called the YouTube? Not, no, not much. Everybody does a Unless drunk it's challenge to watch body cam footage. Uh, I'm guessing they're not doing that. Um, for tutorials, whatever kind of tutorial they have, they there's always like one episode or the ones that I've seen anyway. Typically, there's a there's a was a trend where it was like doing the tutorial but like drunk, and it's called the drunk challenge. So they'll like have an entire bottle of wine before like that Michaela Long girl and I keep sending you the videos and she's so oh, funny yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her name was Michaela Long but um 
she did it and it was so funny she had like an entire bottle of wine and then she accidentally fell asleep and then she woke back up and had another bottle of wine (laughs) so funny that's hilarious and then her friend came home and they were like having a dance party about it it was really funny funny. (laughs) i love drunk history too so oh i know so we're doing it okay so after their third date, she fell for him when she was feeling really ill and he let her lay in his lap for over two hours until she felt better. And during this time, how many erections happened while he, she was in his lap? I don't know. I mean, a little penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Now you're, now you're airing out my marriage shit. <laughs> it's funny! <laughs> Every time I'm sick, Andrew's like... You need a dose of penicillin. <laughs> I mean, normally it's no. that's one thing you haven't tried. That's true. Um, so during this time, Chris weighed like 245 pounds, which is fine. But by the time that she goes missing, he um, starts working out or something. That. I know. Yeah, he had started working out. So early 2018, he started working out and he got down to like one seven years i don't don't know healthy weights for men i don't either either. i just know know. that like what he looked like when he got arrested was not what he looked like when they got together okay he like once she started selling the thrive stuff they started doing that together he started doing these shakes and started running and whatever they started like really focusing on their health when you start and it could have been it could have been like what came first the chicken or the egg but when you start getting a mistress or you start trying to step out on your spouse that's what i'm fucking worried about because andrew works out all the time he's getting super buff i'm telling you guys this case is fucking with my head andrew's getting beefy who is she (laughs) no we're in a fight when i get home he's doing that for you Although I wouldn't mind a taste. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Shut up. Okay. So at this time, okay, so Chris was heavier, which is fine. That makes for a nice little lap to lay in, though. Oh, yeah. Comfy. Comfy stuff. And then, um, but Shanann had been diagnosed with lupus, fibromyalgia, and she was having a lot of migraines. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she, yeah, she wasn't feeling very well a lot of the time. So I think, and this was like right after her, I mean, not directly after her divorce. I'm not sure how long after her first marriage ended that she started dating him. But, you know, I think she probably was like, okay, I have some health issues, like, Maybe she wasn't expecting somebody to be so supportive, and he was, and so she was like, okay, this is a really good guy. Like, I really like him. And somebody's just, like, paying her some attention in, like, a really sweet relationship yeah. way. So, yeah. yeah, and then by all accounts, like, everybody said Chris was absolutely smitten with her. Even like, her parents? Yeah, her parents really liked him. Okay. His parents hated her. Whoa. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. I think that they thought... I think part of their problem with her was they thought that her health problems were made up or over-exaggerated, and then the girls had some allergies, too, and they, I think, didn't really think that was true. Well, I've heard of some people who don't even believe that fibromyalgia is an actual illness, which I don't, I mean, I don't know. People can be really, really critical and harsh. Well, there's a lot of medical conditions that are 
there's a term because they don't know what it really is. Sure. So it's like if it's pain that's unexplained, they're going to call it fibromyalgia. And like if you have digestive issues that they can't figure out, they'll but call it irritable bowel syndrome. Chronic pain is a real thing. It is a real thing. Like, and I cannot imagine what you have to go through, especially as young. I mean, not that anybody deserves it, but being that young and having that to look forward to the whole rest of your life, that's terrible. Yeah. And it zaps your energy to be in pain. Like, totally. Yeah. And when you have kids, it's tough. God, your energy's zapped. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thanks for finishing that sentence. <laughs> with the word anyway. Couldn't be bothered. Um, so the following year after they started dating, Chris proposed and then they were married in November of 2012. And so they're both from North Carolina. Their families live in North Carolina. And after they got married, they moved to Colorado. For why? I don't know. For Thrive? No, she wasn't doing that yet. I'm not oh. sure. So they just they just moved. Right. Don't ask me questions I didn't research. Oh my god, make me look like an idiot. <laughs> um. So. Um. Yeah. So they moved to Colorado and they have a house built. So the house they have built is the house that we're talking about on Saratoga okay. Trail. Okay. Um. And. Chris's parents, like I said, never cared for Shanann, and they didn't even go to their wedding. Like, they refused to go to their wedding. Oh, fuck. His that's, parents sound like fucking dicks. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's... I mean, it's one thing to, like... No, Be I... Like, I, okay, I, she's not my favorite or whatever. Sure. But, but not to go to the wedding? And the entire thing, like, just from what you said about how they felt about her, and why... Oh, uh, wait till I get to the North Carolina oh, trip. No. Just wait. Okay, I'm, like, super ready for it. <laughs> fucking pissed so by 2015 they got in really bad financial shape they were upside well, down on their mortgage yeah so their house was over four hundred thousand dollars they're upside down on the mortgage they maxed out credit cards they filed for bankruptcy chris had to sell his car but they were able to keep their home so around this time he got a job at anadarko petroleum which is where he worked when all of this happened. Oh, Lord. So. Because of the oil drums. <gasps> yeah. So he got a job there and they ended up giving him a work truck. So now they have two cars and then Shanann got a Lexus SUV. So it's yeah. a luxury. Yep. Yep. So if you're she thinking that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you're thinking that they reined it in on the finances. Finances. The finances. <laughs> Um, you'd be wrong. So, by the time Shanann and the girls went missing, the couple was basically almost to the point of having to file bankruptcy a second time. They were receiving delinquency notices for their almost $3,000 a month mortgage. Damn. And Shanann had recently withdrawn $10,000 from Chris's 401k to make payments on, like, to catch up on their mortgage payments. But, like... So, what happens when you have to file bankruptcy a second time? I don't know. Yeah. But it didn't sound like... Because they even got to keep the house after. So, maybe they'd be in danger of, like, not having the house I mean, I don't know. Because I don't know what... I mean, like, do you have to put something up collateral to file bankruptcy? Or, like, I don't don't know know what happens It didn't sound like there was really any... Repercussions? Yeah. So, I don't know. But probably that you just can't, like, get a bunch of credit cards. You know what I mean? Like, you can't... Yeah. Build or borrow well you would think but they still have this house that they owe a ton of money on they're still they've still got credit cards and chris said that so what is the point of filing bankruptcy then i guess you just get to wipe it clean i mean i'm not really sure but 
I know that whatever that was, it didn't deter them. According from the- to Chris, Shanann handled the finances. He didn't know what was going on with it. Bad idea. If if he's being truthful, which yeah. clearly he's I mean, only. Truthful. I think we everybody knows somebody who only one person in the marriage controls it. Like in my marriage, my husband has a better handle on it, but I have all the logins. I know where we are with stuff typically. Yeah. yeah. It's like and we're like we communicate. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Like we know where things are going. I'm not blind out here where it's like Right. We know yeah, it's like I have no idea. On. So the way he acted was that he like didn't have passwords, couldn't get into any of it. He had absolutely no idea. He didn't know what credit card she had. When the police found her like purse and everything and her wallet still in the house, they said, Does she have any credit cards missing or anything? They're thinking her husband is gonna know and he's like, I don't know what she has. Yeah, he had no idea what she carried. He's like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what she carries, what she does, but and I don't know what would, she uses. I mean, not that anybody believes that or whatever, but like for him to say that, I can understand why he would because that would play in his favor. Like, I don't, I didn't know how bad off we were. Why would I want to kill my oh, wife right, right, because right. of the insurance or whatever? That's true. That's that. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Oh, I didn't know about the finances, so I don't know. Yeah. Although he, I don't have a motive. Right. His mistress did say to the police that Chris had told her that obviously she thought he and his wife were like separated and you know whatever, but that um they were quote unquote house poor that oh. you know So he did know. Oh so you have seen the movie. <laughs> Motherfucker Jones. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, you know, you obviously like you said, Chris obviously tells the truth about everything. So well, yeah. did he have the logins? I don't know. Because when he tries to say, Well, you know what, I just I don't know if there's been any bank activity, I don't have the logins, the police are like, then fucking call the bank. Like yeah. There are ways... I you just, can't just be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like Chris feels like if he's just not ready or willing or whatever... Yeah, if he, if he just, just says, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, they'll be like, oh, he doesn't know. Do yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. All right. We'll just think of... We'll just go somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah. Also, that uh, podcast, Crime Junkie, um, they would never listen to us, but They hey, might. We don't know. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Britt. Hey. Um, they... Love you. I've heard them do a thing where she talks about, like, the if I go missing file or whatever. So, like, they say you should give somebody that you're really close to. Because, like, say you do go missing and you have to find, like, your phone records or whatever. You have to get a subpoena. And, the, like, the police have to get a subpoena. And then they have to contact the phone company. Well, that okay. can take forever. So, after this podcast, let's get together. And we're going to have to exchange passwords. Yeah. <laughs> you should never do it with your husband. I'm sorry. Like, I love my husband, but he could kill me. So, it has to be... I doubt you'll kill me. I would never kill you. Yeah. So, we have to, Unless like, I wanted to, like, wear your face as mine because you're beautiful. <laughs> That's creepy and also really sweet. Um, <laughs> but, so, yeah. They're, like, you know, give somebody that information and, like, your bank account information. All that shit that, like, it takes so long to get when people go missing. Like, if somebody you just has all the logins so- that you really trust. Yeah, for then sure. Then you can just get right into that stuff and see, like, where the last place somebody was. For sure. For Shanann, unfortunately, that wouldn't have worked out very well because there was no activity. But, I mean, they still, they cracked this case in a couple days, but... I feel like they cracked the case in, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. They were like... Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it was just a good idea, I think. 
to be continued in part two tomorrow.